Mission with Jonesy and Amanda. Look, this is a topic that many might find morbid, but it's actually fascinating and it really unites us all. Um, it'd be interesting, I don't know whether during the pandemic our fear of death has been more pronounced, but what if the secret to living a better life is to actively acknowledge the fact that you're going to die. Mm. Our culture, I don't think, is particularly good at this. Psychologist and death anxiety expert, fascinating, Dr. Rachel Menzies has explored all of that in her new book, Mortals, and she joins us now. Rachel, hello. Hi, how's it going? This is all new, so we're all going to die, Rachel. Well, isn't this interesting? Yeah. <laughs> is it From the minute we're really old enough to comprehend this, we are all taught, and I don't remember how, that we are going to die and everyone we love is going to die. It's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? It is It is pretty heavy stuff. And I think partly what makes it so heavy is that people don't talk about it. You know, we, we lie to kids about it. You know, when I was a kid, we'd drive past roadkill on the road and I'd ask what it was and my dad would tell me it's just a stuffed animal, you know, that we can't even talk about dead animals to children. And I think that's what makes it feel heavy. It doesn't have to necessarily be a heavy topic. I'm trying to remember when I discovered, or I don't remember the moment, but I do remember mm. going through a period of anxiety that when my parents left the house, I wouldn't see them again. For kids, is that how it manifests? Yeah, absolutely. Or other fears, you know, fears of the monster in the cupboard or the monster under the bed, fears of dogs. Uh, there's so many different ways people can experience this fear. Mm. I remember when I was a kid, um, my auntie Bessie, or my dad's auntie Bessie, had passed away, and Dad was explaining it to me. I said, "Well, that's tough luck for her," and you know, because I did, I was like six, I didn't expect that I was going to die. And he goes, "Of course, it's all going to happen to us." And I remember thinking, "Well, well hang on, that just happened to auntie Bessie. It's not going to happen." No, to she's me. old. She's she old. She was old. I'm like that's a little right. kid. Well, but so how do you brook that subject with little kids? Yeah. Then? Yeah, I think, you know, kids kids figure it out on their own, but it takes some time. So by the time kids are 10, for instance, they have a pretty solid understanding of death. Um, but I think you're absolutely right that all of us think death happens to other people. Even as adults, we think, you know, other people might die, but surely that can't happen to me. I'm far too kind of special or important for death to really happen to. That's something that other people just deal with. But is thinking of it like that, that get it'd be how do you get up in the morning yeah. and go to work or go about your business if you didn't think, hey, I'm slightly impervious? That might be part of your survival mechanism. Yeah, look, it's it's something that's kept us alive for, for thousands and thousands of years as a species. Um, and it's something we've tried to deal with as a species in heaps of different fascinating ways. Um, but it also comes at a huge cost, you know, to, to live pretending that we're going to live forever. Um, just it makes it really hard to actually accept death and live the best life you can. So you deal with people who have an extreme fear of death. Why do some of us fear it more than others? It's a really good question. Um, some people might have had experiences of death growing up. Uh, some people might have had family that see death as very taboo and so don't talk about it as much. Um, and as we talk about in the book, some people are coping with death through really interesting ways like self-esteem. So if I can feel good about myself, if I can feel that I've lived a big life, I've worked hard at work, I've bought nice, fancy, expensive things, then I have a sense that I'm going to be remembered as an important person after I die. So some people are doing these kind of unconscious things to manage this fear of death, which sometimes work and sometimes don't. We spoke to a woman on our program a few weeks ago, Mel. Um, we know her through radio circles. She has cancer. She has um, motor neurone disease. And she chooses every day. It's an active choice 
to choose happiness, and she said that she's she's a she's a term she's terminally happy. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that facing it like this can give you opportunities for happiness? Definitely, definitely. Um, so I'm a big advocate of throwing reminders of death at yourself wherever you can. So I've got multiple apps on my phone that multiple times a day will remind me I'm going to die, which oh. is always nice when you're. You're out with friends and your phone lights up and tells everyone at the table, remember, you're going to die. Um, and it, it really helps. You know, you'll be worrying about some deadline at work or something that feels really important. And then your phone says, don't forget, it's all going to end one day. Uh, and it's a nice, you know, nice sense of perspective in those moments. Is it? Is it, Rachel? Is that what you put on everyone's Christmas cards, Rachel? Because I, I, I look at because you can get that app on your phone. It's like a death clock. Oh, no, that's and, too and, freaky. And why no. would you do that? Why, it makes no sense. You don't want to count down to something. No, you something. don't want to count down to it. Why? You want to live openly. Because like, I'm aware that. I will die eventually, but I, I do enjoy life very much, and I like. But they're not two different things necessarily. Yeah, enjoying life and knowing you're going to die. But this uh, is why live side by side. This is why I ride a motorcycle. I've ridden a motorcycle every day since I was 19, and people always sort of say, "Oh, you know, temporary Australian and all that sort you of stuff." You have had 10 accidents. I have had a few accidents, <laughs> uh, but I will say this: you never feel more alive when you're so close mm-hmm. to death. And I think, I think that's a great example of where, you know, I'm going to do the things I love, even if they might kill me. You know, that if I love riding a motorcycle, absolutely do that. Um, do things that you enjoy rather than avoiding them because you fear death. And, you know, Amanda, you mentioned earlier how our culture isn't very good at accepting death. And I think that's absolutely true. In other parts of the world, they see death as normal. They celebrate death. Um, you know, you guys were talking earlier about wanting to try durian as a mm. kind of unusual pungent food. Um, you might be interested in one culinary delicacy in Papua New Guinea where they actually eat the dead, maggots oh. and all. Oh. They even sprinkle the ashes of the corpse on their food like a kind of corpse parmesan. Um, <laughs> and they do this to cope with death. And it's not that we all have to go out there you know, eating the corpses of our dead family members, mm. but a lot of cultures have a really different approach to death compared to, you know, our culture, which tends to hide it away and not talk about it. They've really got to get Uber Eats over in Papua <laughs> <laughs> It's made your app sound almost palatable. Well, Dr. Rachel. <laughs> it's fascinating it, stuff. It, it's fascinating. Mortals is in all good bookstores now. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jonesy and Amanda's Damnation.